1: Hi, welcome to another episode of the Weld.com podcast, I'm Beau Wigginton, In this week's episode, I get to chat with Luke and Priscilla Smith of PL Smith, a husband and wife who have been turning their passion for art and metalworking into a business making custom pieces for businesses, as well as metal sculptures. They talk about where their inspiration comes from and how they work together as a team to make their ideas a reality, working with Lincoln Electric after getting noticed for using a Harris torch to aid in sculpting, and give us some advice about just jumping into whatever passion you find in life. We jump in right after a quick word from our sponsors. Are you tired of carrying multiple pieces of equipment on your service truck? Lincoln Electric has introduced the solution, the Ranger Air 260 MPX. This multifunction engine drive combines an air compressor, generator, battery charger, battery jump starter, and multi-process welder in one compact device, specifically designed for the unpredictable circumstances and job demands of the work truck industry. But that's not all. The Ranger Air 260 MPX is also designed to provide a lower cost of ownership with features such as auto stop start technology and an electronic throttle body engine with variable engine speed. Don't miss out on this versatile and reliable machine that can handle any demanding job site. Visit www.linkonelectric.com for more information on the Ranger Air 260 MPX available later this year. And save space on your truck for other tools and gear with this compact power horse. Do you want to introduce yourself to the audience just in case they're not familiar with you and your work?
2: Hey guys, we're Luke and Priscilla Smith of PL Smiths.
0: It's PL, so it's Priscilla and Luke, but everyone says (laughs) Luke and Priscilla first, even you just did.
2: Yep. And we started metalworking long after we came up with that name. But we're a husband and wife duo, artist, art teacher, engineer, new to parenthood from upstate New York.
0: Mostly metal sculptures and a lot of other things. We try to be very diverse in a lot of the things we do, but metalworking has definitely captured our attention the most. And it's one thing that we really enjoy doing together and experimenting and exploring new ideas we come up with.
1: We were chatting a little bit before we dove into the main episode here. You were kind of catching me up through your whole story, but then we jumped into college and that's where you started making stuff together. Can you kind of give us the journey of working together, building stuff? Because I know it's hard to work with your significant other sometimes.
2: Actually, the perfect pivot point was on Long Island where I was showing my paintings in different art galleries and local restaurants and places like that. and. I would have Luke build custom wood frames for the paintings, for the displays or for after or for even commissions. And so my separate individual business as a fine artist kind of led into that when we also became really good friends with different small business owners in the area who were opening up spaces, whether it was a bar or a hair salon or a beauty product line. And they invited us into the space because they saw us as a creative couple with a unique vision for their brand because they were new or fairly new, just starting.
0: They wanted our help just to build whatever things to start the space out.
2: So aside from building furniture for our own apartment, when we started really working together and we were like, we need to give this a name
0: because we had our own separate Instagram accounts and we're kind of doing things together in parallel paths with our accounts. And Priscilla always wanted to have something together. Like, how can we merge the two things we do and make a business with both of us?
2: So for example, one woman was about to open her space. She brought us in, she's rented it. It's completely empty, blank canvas. And she's like, what do you guys think? So I'm like, I'm going to paint a mural here that goes with your brand and your logo. And the window displays, I did the interior design. He built shelves for her products, these custom built-in pumps for the product. It was just amazing how everything that, a small business needed to get started, we were able to come up with.
1: That's awesome. How did you first dabble into the welding world? Because I know Priscilla, you did some welding in college. Can you kind of give us a background of your welding journey and then we'll pick up with you, Luke.
2: We had to know all the different types and we had to just meet the requirements in projects that were completely sculptural. We were given a concept. My welded metal heavy sculpture was a cloud. I made it feel light and fluffy. Somehow I pulled it off. But my experience was completely artistic and social. I just kind of had to pass the test so I could do everything right in the right way. And then I didn't really return back to it until Maker Camp in 2019, where we met Richard Day from 42 Fab and bought one of his kits to weld together. And I made a really cool fire pit. It's the globe of the world. And I used the MIG gun to paint to add my own little style to it to make it my own and kind of paint these paint marks, these brush strokes on the outside around the different cutout of where the continents are.
0: Laying weld beads as art.
1: Stacking it down. You could do it. It's fun. I love using a lot of people trash mig in the welding world and just like the industry welding side because everybody looks at like pipe welding or like structural welding as that's a real welder. But I Mm -hmm. view welding as like you can make metal look the way you want it to That's Mm -hmm. a real skill.
0: Definitely. Everyone has their own journey. Obviously, a lot of the people that are doing big pipe work and structural stuff, they went through most likely, not always, but trade school through formal education of learning how to weld and all that. For us, we never did any formal education on it other than your one art class that you did welding in. Weld.com has been a great resource for both of us for learning a lot of different techniques and just seeing how you use the tools and what you can do with them and then go into our shop and apply it. Just try it out and practice and learn. So by no means don't consider myself like a great welder or anything. I just enjoy sculptural artwork and I use uh, welding machines, whether it's uh, MIG, learning how to do TIG welding right now. I haven't done stick welding yet. But my machine is capable of it. I just haven't had the use of it yet. But yeah, if I can get two pieces of metal stuck together for my vision of what I see in my mind, what I want to make, I think it works great. It passes.
1: It passes the test. Exactly. It, so, Luke, you said the first time you ever welded was at Maker's Camp. Describe that experience because this year we, we did some demos at Maker Camp, but the Lincoln booth, they had a whole like kind of classroom down there tell me that experience. Like what, what was that all about?
0: Yeah, that year earlier, cause that was October of 2019. I had just had my first experience ever with metalworking in May of 2019. I had my first ever blacksmith lesson when I was at a woodworking class actually, but <laughs> I got that experience of just moving hot metal and using metal as a medium. And over that summer I was showing Priscilla a bunch of different Instagram accounts that, did blacksmithing and a lot of artistic ones. And she surprised us, surprised me, with tickets to Maker Camp of 2019. And going into that, I never have done any other metalworking other than that one class that I had. And she was all keen to go up and do MIG welding. She's like, I've done this before. I can't wait to do it again. And I was like, I'm in for this too. I love metalworking now. I mean, I haven't done much of it, but I'm very interested in it.
2: And let me tell you, it was much different in 2019 with one instructor there and mm-hmm. a couple booths compared <laughs> yeah. to what you saw.
0: Yeah. So, so MakerCamp 2019 was very small in comparison. It has grown every single year, which is incredible. And for us, being part of the very beginning of it and seeing where it has grown is really cool because we've grown a relationship with Austin who puts on Maker Camp. His family owns the resort. We've worked with him helping for his marketing stuff. But Gonna stop going on my tangent here. It was just really <laughs> cool to use a mig gun and see how you can put two pieces of metal together oh, like hot will. glue. I was just
2: did you do a kit?
0: No, I didn't do my own kit. I was helping a little bit on the globe. I did one bead, but it was just an intro to it what happened though at maker camp why it's so special to us also is not only did priscilla surprise me with the tickets she reached out to one of those guys on instagram that i showed her chris cash at mount phillip metalworks and she coordinated surprising me with an anvil because she knew that i got a blacksmith lesson that i was all into blacksmithing and so maker camp 2019 is we went home with an anvil so that really is the start of us as A couple wasn't even a business at that point. We weren't, we didn't merge our two things. We were just having fun out in the garage, just hitting some hot metal. And as that progressed and more challenging pieces that we wanted to work on it inevitably led into welding
2: I also just to tap on people you asked earlier I took jewelry and metals it wasn't just one class Mm -hmm. there were a few classes I had to take where I did metal work and when we did jewelry and metals I did soldering and made like boxes amongst different jewelry again more sculptural pieces though wearable art and so when we were Coming up with our new projects even today, I'm coming with that in my background as well. Mm. So with brazing and things like that, it's we have put together a, a lot more experience than mm. it sounds <laughs> like It's <laughs> not just me. Like, That's again, you. The one.
0: Yeah, I haven't had the experience at that point, but it actually is really funny how welding more, I'll say, fell into our lap because it really did. I never even bought my own mig welder or anything my neighbor across the street who we became good friends with he didn't have a garage and he had a welder and he knew i had a shop like, set let's up let's
2: be friends
0: yeah and so he got said he didn't
2: have a garage no he yeah, didn't
0: it's just big. a small shed and he said you can keep the mig welder and use it whenever you want as long as i can come over and use it when i need to and i was like deal let's do it
2: jesus i totally forgot about that
0: yeah and we just moved the, this past summer in 2022, and I lost that welder because he couldn't bring it with me. But now we've grown a relationship with Lincoln, and we're working with them. And they sent us a bunch of stuff along with a PowerMig 215 MPI, which is amazing machine. It can do MIG, stick, and TIG. It's just been a lot of fun to get that back because it was probably six months in this house and building our shop that we weren't able to weld anything so when we got that it was like ah it's so nice to be back doing this
1: yeah now those i'm i'm jealous because i have the predecessor of that machine i have the 210 and you got five extra amps on me (laughs) Uh, but no there's a lot of really cool bells and whistles like lincoln Mm -hmm. they always do a really good job at improving and and Saw tons of really cool stuff out at FabTech this year that they're coming out with, but yeah. at two fifteen, I'm very impressed with, and I would love to try one myself.
0: But I love with the two fifteen. One of the features they have on it, which is really cool, is the Arc FX. They call it, and it shows you when you adjust your voltage and your wire speed what that bead profile will look like when you put that wire feed up the deeper penetration and then more rounded bead when you turn your voltage down so it's really cool just you know if anybody's just getting into welding to kind of understand what those knobs do
1: yes that is a a big conversation I have on this podcast a lot is learning Mm. what the knobs do because there's a lot like It's funny you saying that, that you're happy that the machine has that to kind of teach you. And I think that's just something that wasn't implemented in the welding industry is like Mm -hmm. they started putting in like you could pick your thickness size and it would adjust the amperage and everything, but actually Mm -hmm. showing you what that bead profile is going to look like. You learn a lot of that in like welding schools or trade schools when you go, but if you're just making art, you don't necessarily need to be like, okay, I want a really flat puddle. I mean, I guess actually it might help you out in the sculptural side, just being like, oh, this will make it flatter or this yeah. will make it set up a little bit. You
0: know. Exactly. I mean, whatever you're going for in the sculpture, you can say, I want this bead a little more raised and to give it more of a fill. Like I was working on a little project making a set of dice where I cut up some angle iron and put caps on the end. And then I would drill holes in the sides and I filled those holes with silicon bronze using the torch. So I had that little contrast on there, but with the angle iron together, you had the round over of that eighth inch. I think it was like one and a half leg. And I wanted the bead profile to be thicker so when I use the belt grinder to bring it down, that it made a nice square side. It's a little bit of excessive reinforcement, a
1: yeah, welding exactly. term for you. Yeah, there you go. And you also said that you just got into TIG and you just took a class with JD, right? Like yes. He came over and, and gave you a little crash course.
0: Yeah, that was so cool. JD from Apexish is his Instagram handle. He's such a sweet guy. He's very knowledgeable. He's in the welding world. He works on big fan, big fan of that dude. He's so nice. And we met him this past year. We went to Workbench Con down in Atlanta, and he lives right down there. So we met there and had great conversation. And he said, "Down there, if you ever want me to come up and help you guys out, just let me know." And. I didn't know how serious he was with that. I mean, he's in Atlanta. Yeah, you're but, like,
1: what a nice guy. I doubt yeah, that'll happen,
0: but what yeah, a nice guy. Exactly. I mean, but he loves coming up here. He was saying he came up here when Jimmy Duresta was having those classes and he taught a welding class at his shop. So he was here at Maker Camp this year and he said, I'm right here. I, I would feel so bad if I didn't drive a little extra because we're an hour away from Maker Camp. So it's not that bad. So the day after he came up here and I went out and bought a bottle of argon that day because I was like, I needed this push to even break out the torch and start trying TIG. And it's kind of funny how it started with Lincoln for us, because like I was saying earlier, how when we started forging the progression to getting into welding from there, it was, you need the heat in a specific spot when you want it to bend there. Obviously, wherever it's hottest, it's going to have least resistance. So We had a propane forge and when you stick something in there, it heats the entire piece up. So you really don't have that control over where you want it to move the most. The other option that traditional blacksmiths would use is a coal forge because you can get a really small heat source on that when you pack those coals in tight. If you're going to use a propane forge and you need a tight heat spot, oxyacetylene is kind of the answer there. I mean, with a welding tip on there, you can get a real pinpoint thing and have it move just a little bit. So that's when I went to the welding supplier nearby and picked. was asking, I need a torch. What do I get? Actually, before that, I found one on Facebook Marketplace. Found a torch, hose, tanks, and everything. And I brought it there and he looked at it and he's like, yeah, you need new hoses. I don't know. I wouldn't trust this thing. So I was like, all right, let me get a torch kit. And they <laughs> recommended to get a Harris. So... That's what we started with. I didn't know that Harris was part of Lincoln at that time. I quickly learned that after. And we would just use the torch in our projects, record content and put on Instagram. And we received a direct message from Harris one day saying, hey, we love what you guys do. Can we send you some stuff to use in your videos? And we're like, oh, of course, absolutely. I mean, at that point, I don't think we even worked with any other companies or anything. So it was, and we were still... Very small account. And to be approached by that was really cool. And we didn't hear back from them for five months. So we're like, okay, this is kind of dead in the water. And then finally, we
2: kept sculpting along.
0: Yeah. I mean, we had the torch, we were just using it in our projects. Like five months after that first interaction, they reached back out and said, hey, we had a shift in marketing. We still want to work with you guys and do some stuff. So when they sent over a Lincoln Electric contract, I was like, oh, wow. Okay. I see. Now, Lincoln owns Harris. That makes sense. So we were going through the contract and it's saying we can't show competitor stuff, which makes sense. And at that time, my neighbor's welder was a Miller. So it's like, yeah, the Miller, because at that time, it was Harris that reached out and they wanted us basically for Harris specific stuff. We weren't going to be doing work, showing Lincoln things, even though it was a Lincoln electric contract. But from there, they sent us a welder and we got to use that and just implement all of that in our projects and learn how to use the torch more. We yeah.
2: Got, so it wasn't like we're mainly welding and looking to work with Lincoln. It was mainly blacksmithing and forging and looking to improve our work there, and yeah. working with the torch. And it's, we grew from there.
0: Kind yeah. Of. Very, very fortunate and blessed that they reached out to us. I mean, it was something that I didn't even know at that time how to work with a brand or anything but it started our journey of with our content creation and working with more brands especially ones that we really like the products and we think they're good our loyalty and just eagerness to create content showing their products and what they can do like
1: i think a big big thing you had going for you was working with oxyacetylene. you know Mm -hmm. it's like working with a torch because that used to be the main way of welding that's where (laughs) welding gotta start was was oxy fuel welding when Mm -hmm. farmers across the nation they still do it a lot but it's kind of a dying art with the introduction of plasma cutters and stuff like that where Mm -hmm. a plasma cutter can cut all kinds of different material and you have to have a ferrous material for a torch to actually cut it Mm -hmm. but so i bet i bet anybody who's out there like really utilizing making a ton of content using a torch like anybody out there who is a torch producer Mm -hmm. you're pretty pumped to work with
0: you absolutely i mean and obviously a a torch is primarily used in big industrial applications so i feel like with us using it in the artistic way it maybe stood out and that's something that worked in our favor but regardless of working with them or not we'd be using that stuff in our projects and it just has worked out where We're getting that little extra help in our capabilities of what we're able to do.
1: Well, speaking of what you do, tell me a little bit about the design and inspiration process that you go through when you are deciding to create something. Like, where do your ideas come from? How do you communicate those to each other? And then, like, how is the work split up? Is there, yeah, those are my multiple questions all in one for you. (laughs) So
2: let's go on our most recent body of work that you'll see online and you'll see it coming soon on our website. But if you are on our Instagram page, most recently you'll see we have like a line of forged home goods. The way more recently, but how I go about my creative process with my paintings, I kind of Transferred. We've really had this conversation. I like kindly asked Luke, I'm like, could we trickle this into our PL Smith the mm-hmm. way of doing things? So, how I draw inspiration with my sketchbook is I always see things, see like a concept or everything in a body of work first. So, it's I see it there before it's nothing has even been made yet. Kind of like that old cliche of a sculptor, right? Like, you see the you have Black. to
1: see it before you can make it.
2: The block of stone. So I see it and then I'm like, okay, so what does this body of work need? How many pieces are in it? What does it look like? And for me, it was, what do we need around the house? Or we're like, what? Are, these were some things that we wanted to go back to. We wanted to return to traditional blacksmithing and forging techniques to improve our skills. Almost it led to new interesting organic designs for home goods. We wanted to create functional works of art that still felt like they were creative where we were being expressive with the material, but serving a purpose that could benefit people in their homes and outside. So like Luke was saying, like even with tools, like the palette knives. And so what will happen is I'll kind of sketch that out. I'll sketch out this body of work of all these different things before they're even made and what they look like. And this happened way back with the chair that we were talking about in the beginning, our very first forging project. So I had an idea for a chair. I drew it out. He was like, this part can be forged. So we discussed Who's going to do it? Just like you asked. He forged the rest for the stool, for that chair. So for this body of work that we're working on with these home goods, I called it Welcome Home because I always call my series of painting, they have a title. It helps keep everything together for me. It keeps me inspired. It keeps me like, then I'm like, yeah. So I'm also nesting because I'm 33 weeks pregnant. <laughs> so in this Welcome Home series, I've got a bassinet with a forged base, you know, but i
0: we did incorporate metalwork into our first and you know, our daughter's crib. I had to do some oh, welding yeah. that.
2: Oh my god, that's oh, an amazing piece that he did. It was woodworking so, and
0: metalworking, combined to both.
2: Yeah, so after, basically I'll come up with these designs and I'll draw them and then he'll say it could be best executed this way. Okay, what like has to be done in a structural, more of not, nothing pretty that's going to be looked at, it's more about keeping it together. Uh-huh. More likely he'll be done. He'll take care of that end if it's something that's like really abstract abstract usually but no if it's something that is the focal point of along with the motif where your eye goes that part I like to delicately sculpt or paint or or when it was with wood like carving away so when it's that that kind of like centerpiece Anything that's kind of carefully crafted that way, I like to do what he like saves it for me. It's like the little cherry on top part of a project. But if it's like bad bones, like the big pieces that need to be hammered out fast, they need to be. I mean, and I'm talking about this has been rough for me with this recent body of work, because as I become further along in this pregnancy, it's been harder and harder because... Earlier when it was all planned out, it was like, oh yeah, I can't wait to do this and this. And then we're this months later and it's, oh shit, I can't do that. He's <laughs> like, so I know normally you would, but you can't. So. Yeah, I got this.
0: <laughs> and it's two. we have our first, she's one and a half. And by the time she's in bed for the night, it's seven thirty, eight o'clock. And she's home with her all day, raising her and she's tired. And I work all day from my day job and Sometimes I'm tired, but I'm like, I got to get out there and work on this project. It's this idea is just stewing in my mind and I got to go do it. I was
2: just going to bring it up that that idea that's stewing in his mind he just brought up is nothing I came up with, like you just <laughs> heard. Okay. So that just wanted want to transition. Maybe you know what? Cause I was going to just ask you, maybe you were going to say that when I come up with a design for something and you.
0: Try and understand it.
2: And then you problem, you have to figure it out. He's the one that figures it out and then shows me how to do it sometimes. Lately after Lily was born, I don't have the time to, as much time to problem solve or experiment, which kind of stinks. I miss out on it. Maybe soon I will after this. But see, what will happen is we'll come up with this idea. And if we've never done it before, I have no idea how to do it. He ends up doing all that like dirty work. I don't know how to explain yes. it. And then he's like, okay. It's A, B, C. Here's how to do it. And then, uh, then we're able to bang The him. testing
0: process. Yeah. I mean, that kind of leads into.
2: I uh, give him a lot of homework.
0: Yeah. That's my <laughs> inspiration too. I get a lot of my inspiration from her starting this idea. And then I get to think about different ways to implement it or different ways I can tweak the design that she may come up with or come up with new designs based under that category. Oh yeah.
2: Like for these bottle topplers or anything, I'll just be like, here's my rough idea or something. Then he comes up with something on his own. That's he, if I give him like a criteria, it's like the teacher in the college course, you need to meet A, B and C. Here you go. He goes outside and he whips out something like incredible comes in the end of the night and i'm like holy shit this is fucking awesome how'd you do that yeah it's exactly what i was like imagining but i didn't know how i would get there and then he just figured it out
0: yeah i mean my day job is an engineer so my job is literally problem solving but i have more yeah i have more of an artistic mind though than what is involved with just drawing on autocad all day drawing plans up which is have fun. I'm always just waiting to look at the clock. Then like, "All right, when can I get home and work on this piece that I've been thinking about how like, I couldn't sleep at night. Cause I was wondering the steps I was going to take to get there with it. I hope you're enjoying
1: the episode so far. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. When it comes to welding, most people think the danger lies in the fire and electricity. But what you learn fast when you strike up and get a whiff of fumes is how terrible those can make you feel, especially after a long day of work. Welding creates fumes that can be hazardous and you need them out of the way. Luckily, Donaldson has come up with some cool stuff to help welders. They make fume extraction equipment for major fabricators, smaller shops, and everything in between. They've been around for more than 100 years, so they know what they're doing. Weld fumes are no joke, so learn how to protect yourself. Head over to Donaldson.com to check out their stuff. You'll be glad you did. That's really funny, though, just the the process you were just describing, just how you both work together. It sounds like, Priscilla, you're more the engineer, and then you, Luke, you're more of, there's the this big, in the welding world, <laughs> there's this big, like, kind of, bashing of heads between welders and engineers. Welders and engineers, they don't like each other, but it's mm-hmm. just the engineer comes up with this idea, and then the welder has to figure out how to make it work, and it's just like going back and forth, speaking two different languages. But it's really yeah. funny that you are an engineer. I think that... A lot
0: well,
2: I was going to say, have the tables turned?
0: Well, honestly, I was going to say, like for that whole dilemma between engineers and the welders, I can totally see that, because I work with a lot of people that are engineers, obviously, and they don't understand the reality of how it's done like Mm. they think they're the pencil pushers they're the ones that just think about what's right in front of them and the design whereas i have more of a creative mind i think practically i understand i practically i understand how to construct things so when i work on plans for my job. I have that idea in the back of my mind, the constructability of it. Is the person that's working on this going to understand what's seen there? Mm -hmm. So I think that knowledge of building things has helped my career that way. But still, I'm drafting on a computer, which is not fun to do every day. It's not a hammer and an anvil. Exactly.
2: I think something that's awesome, like it's so cool to see over the years grow. If you were to scroll back down to like our very first post, you'd see that even earlier in this conversation when Luke was saying he didn't consider himself a maker, kind of tied into that maybe woodworking trap, DIY beginning start. He really wasn't deep down as an artist that I met in high school, which you are and he's so amazing, but even your drawings are Mm -hmm. wicked straight lines, everything. So Through over the years, it's really cool to see that he eventually, I think, went out of his comfort zone a little bit more and coming up with his own ideas that are more expressive and artistic. Where first, I don't think it's that you didn't have interest, but maybe Mm -hmm. you just didn't have uh, as motivated in the in that type of the making process. So when we were working together, he was kind of like sometimes... Come up with an idea for something I I like making. He likes making with his hands and I'm an artist. I'm like, I like thinking. I'm like, in that way. But then as things evolved over time, you could see he was less concerned with everything being so...
0: Geometric. Yeah. And, so yeah, I, straight
2: line, definitely metal flowers were not what he thought about when he woke up in the morning.
0: No, I, as corny as it may sound, I mean, I do get a lot of inspiration from Priscilla because... She does think very abstract and free-flowing, whereas I was more straight-line type of thing. I I almost, I wanted to go into architecture when I first started college, but kind of just fell to the wayside because my school didn't have a degree in that. But as we started dating and making things together, she... I guess coax me, pushing me to step out of that boundary and experiment with more organic things. So even though I, I am not necessarily super abstract with certain things, which I can get there and I enjoy doing that, but like doing things like the metal flowers that I've been making recently. And I just made like a little forge hummingbird. It's not, it's a realistic thing. It's not super, super abstract. You can tell what it is. You know what I mean?
1: Like that jellyfish. Uh, Yeah. jellyfish is cool. Thank you.
0: I appreciate That was one of my, honestly, the first projects that I did that really got me more into sculptural things. That was early on when I started forging. I think that I was only forging for a year and a half when I made that, maybe two years.
2: I remember because specifically something that he said he struggled with or dealt with was liking instant gratification, having something made right away and done within that hour or that evening. And with the jellyfish, he took his time and didn't, he just made a piece there, made a piece there. It wasn't as like followed a drawing that he drew and it had to match, right? Correct yeah,
0: no, absolutely. And this kind of ties in too with like Maker Camp and how important that event is to us because In 2020, when they had a cancel maker camp at the last minute, a few of us that were kind of more local still went there. And there maybe was like 25 of us or 30 of us there. But I mentioned him earlier as the guy that inspired me and got me the anvil, basically Chris Cash. He was there and we were forging together. He came up with a little sculptural idea for a door pull, showed me some different techniques to get like that spiral to come out of it. And he was the one that mentioned, I see in a lot of your stuff, it looks like you're rushing. And it's actually funny because back in high school, my art teacher, he said that all the time too. He goes, "Really? you can tell when you worked last night to try and get that done. All in one thing. But so I was saying like that instant gratification in a way is I'm so excited to work on this project and to see that vision I have in my mind come to real life. I'm like out there till three in the morning trying to get it done. And I don't have to be like, all right, I got to take a break. But when I worked on that jellyfish and incorporating the different techniques that Chris was teaching me at that one, it was more like a hammer and it wasn't a full on maker camp, obviously. Everyone there was blacksmithing and I wanted to take that technique and apply it to a project. And at that time, we were living on Long Island, so surrounded by the ocean. And that was a big inspiration to me. It's like a sea theme type stuff.
2: And I was like, what if you made a lamp? for our future child's nursery. That was before we even found out we were pregnant with Lily. Yeah. And that's what you saw. I don't know if you saw the jellyfish has a light underneath it.
0: I didn't see the light. Because it was during the day there, I didn't have it on. But the whole cap, which is, it was just a piece of sheet metal that I power carved like a dish in a log and I heated it up with the torch. In. Yeah, and I got, obviously when you work with sheet metal, you get a lot of thing in that, but it kind of worked to that effect of being the organic round of that. And it's actually not, the top of it's not attached to the entire sculpture. It sits on top of this ring that I welded together that holds all the pieces that go down. So you can take it off and there's LED lights that I hot glued all around in there. And it has a, it's battery powered with a remote and it looks pretty cool, but you have to see it at night. I do yeah. have a video recently of it on our Instagram that kind of shows what it looks like there. But yeah, I mean, that was just...
2: This idea that you are were talking about, about having patience with work, like not rushing, I have... The opposite, like I have a lot of patience with a, the with a piece, mm-hmm. letting it become itself what it's supposed to be. But when it comes <laughs> to the actual process of the technique, oh my gosh, I did not have the patience. It's so ironic, yeah. Uh, it's like odd, maybe sometimes, but you know what I mean? I'm just thinking, thinking of that while you're talking. It's like another way that we're similar and different,
0: yeah. And I know, Bo, you were touching on before, like working with your significant other, your spouse it's not always easy. We've had our difficulties being out in the shop, working on something where maybe I uh, started practicing it and I had the understanding of it and I'm trying to teach it to her and I'm not explaining it super clearly. So Mm -hmm. there's some frustration that happens there, but really we kind of give and take with each other, whether it come to ideas or processes. I think that's one thing that helps us Work out. We are able to be kind of successful in the outcome of our projects because we critique each other in a way.
2: And also, when it comes to being a business and having deadlines and having to get things done, I think becoming parents has helped us improve on those skills insanely because it's like you have to learn how to manage your time even better every Mm -hmm. down to valuing every second and minute. And so we are like, we've got this on a Honestly. assembly, like <laughs> assembly line. Like we're like, okay, now you go left, right, me, you. She's a bet. JD, he's yeah. we're like, this is her bedtime routine. Exactly. He's okay. So we made it so that we were both there for the last, like no, we didn't miss out. Cause so I'm like, am I going to have to put her to bed? And then, then you get to learn. And then is he going to have to teach us twice the same thing? But it worked out. If you just imagine what's a night like in the shop with Luke and Silla before kids? all the time to just sit around and bicker and just waste material and time and conversation. And now we're like, hey, this is the thing. Let's do it. Got to yeah. be done. How are we doing it? Okay. And, I, and sometimes I only shared this with a couple other people, but when it came to Maker Camp and the flower sculpture in the garden, I had put so much time and energy and thought and emotion into this piece. And I had to set my ego, my pregnant ego aside <laughs> and say, look, I can't do it. I wanted to so bad. The artist in me wanted to make and and weld and and get my hands on the tools and the materials. But to be effective and to get it done and have everything how and where we wanted it in time for the demonstration, Luke had to pick up a lot of like, again, like a lot of labor. Yeah. But in the end, I felt like he's like, Salah, you came up with the whole thing. You should feel like you were a part of this. I'm like, I know, but it's still, it's, it's hard. You. Well, and
0: with blacksmithing, in a traditional sense, in a shop where they would be making stuff for the entire town, you usually would have an apprentice or somebody there, a striker, what they would call it, where somebody to give you another hand when you needed to beat something where you had to hold the tongs and the top tool or whatever. Sometimes we'll have a project where we do- we need each other on these sculptures of the flowers when we're adding these leaves on the stem we would have to have each other one person hold the hot steel where I would use the chisel hold the hammer and we have a little v-block that goes in the hardy hole which if people aren't familiar with the anatomy of an anvil the hardy hole is a square hole that's like kind of in the middle back and the v-block would basically create the shape of the leaf when you would hit down with the chisel so if I had to do that on my own, I'd have to hold the hot piece between my legs with the tongue and use, you need three hands. So that's where when this time of making the sculpture for our demonstration at Maker Camp came around, I would do the heavy hitting to taper out and to move the metal. And so it would be there holding the piece for me so I could chisel it in. Or when it comes to sculpt and shape the petals or whatever pieces on it, where I can heat it up with the torch and she could bend it with the tongs or vice versa. And I'll say, all right, heat right here. That's good.
2: Yeah. And we've had this conversation before, pregnant or not. We were talking how, how would someone else get this type of work done by themselves In the middle of working, I'll be like, how would you do this if I wasn't here. I'm genuinely curious. Like, Mm -hmm. how would we get that? That's a good question. Maybe I'll do this or or we think in advance. Okay, down the line, if I'm really not here able to do it and we don't finish these in time, how are you going to be able to do Mm -hmm. them? And you have to problem solve that way. It's kind of cool because in this type of metal work with sculptures, we're able to do things. Some people just, they could be the most talented artists in the whole world, but maybe he still can't do things because there's not two, right? You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. If they what don't have somebody in their shop working with them, I mean, there could be some sort of limitation. We
2: were talking about the the style, like how mm-hmm. to get that piece that way or how to like.
0: Yeah. The problem solving too is some things you got to make tools to make it work. Like I was wow. talking about making those leaves and using the chisel. I made a guillotine tool, which basically has it's bolted down to the hardy hole essentially, and it has a top die that you hammer down on. So I made different dies in there where I took, you know, made a bottom V block and then the top piece is just a square bar. So it essentially is a chisel on top so I can hold the piece and then just hit the top of that thing with a hammer and it will do that same effect. So being
2: able to weld and make a ton of our own tools helps.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, that's one thing where having a welder in the shop is can't be without like you were just saying, how would you do this if I wasn't there? If I didn't have a welder, I definitely wouldn't be doing it by myself.
1: (laughs) Speaking of like making tools, because a lot of welders will make tools out in the field. What have been like all the different types of tools you've made to make your job easier as a blacksmith and sculptor?
0: So it's mainly just like hardy tools are a very important thing because like I'm was talking about the hardy hole being that square in the center of the anvil, you can make different tools to go into that that are held in place by the hole and they'll do a specific task. So like I was saying, I took two square bars, ground down the bottom so they sat flat and then just welded them to a little a piece of flat plate I made the v-block so I can get like a 90 degree corner in a piece I did another one where I just took a pipe and I cut it in half and then I have a rounded piece
2: he also welded an entire cart that he made for the forge
0: oh yeah I mean it's like the forge
2: with the adjustable thing and the
0: I mean a forge door and the cart is like collapsible because I had to figure out we had a two by two or two car garage and I needed to be able to conserve space. So I had to make a cart that could take the forge off and I have a bar that goes into two pieces of tubing on the back that so you can pull out this tray essentially, put the forge on that legs all go in on itself. It's like telescoping and it would collapse. So it would fit under my workbench. And then, yeah, like I was talking about, like with blacksmithing though, it's if you have a process that you need done and you think about, okay, what shape of an object, what type of thing could I combine to help make this happen from there? I mean, there's hundreds of different type of hardy tools that, you know, traditionally, I mean, in the world of blacksmithing, we're just made to get that process done. Yeah, you could take two round bars, weld them to a plate that are like kind of spaced out from each other. You put the piece of metal in between those bars and then you got a bending fork, stuff like that. And when I was doing like the jellyfish or to get dome pieces, I took a three inch ball bearing that I got on Amazon and welded it to a square stake. And there you go. I got a like a doming tool. So yeah, it's, it's just... Being able to stick two pieces of metal together in whatever way that helps get the job done. That's what we do.
1: When you did your TIG course, what what kind of inspiration did that give you to bring into the art world? Because I know there's a lot you could do with TIG in the art world. Mm -hmm, Definitely.
2: One thing that I haven't got to try that I really like that JD showed us is just how we can use it to get in really fine tight places with the flowers and in the garden so I'm excited to do that yeah. and I also like how you can control because when I was doing it I was like oh this feels a lot like painting how you're yeah. more in control like it felt just like that it mm-hmm. came so naturally so I liked that a lot more Were you because using a foot pedal yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. That that's kind of like a brush stroke. You jam down finish. on jam down on the pedal, you get a, a wider brush stroke. You yeah. let up yeah. on it, you get a thinner brush stroke.
0: Yeah. And when we were working with JD, I mean, he was throwing some techniques, and because the PowerMig 215 is a DC machine, I mean, can't we can't do aluminum unless we I know use
1: sp- that that's about. But we do have a spool with it. Oh, dang! There you so go. So if oh, that comes out you can do it.
0: Yeah, with tag though, we can't, but it's, there's no pulse control on it or anything. So I was using the foot pedal to kind of whomp it and kind of go back and forth and pretend pulse on that, which having a foot pedal is so cool. But yeah, like Priscilla said, using it on more delicate work is like a huge thing. I started out with the torch and gas welding and gas brazing. And on this recent sculpture of the garden, I guess we're calling it for right now until you come up with a name. We made some lily flowers and trying to make them like realistic, we wanted to put like the stamen in the center of it. And based on the size, we wanted it to be somewhat anatomically correct. So I was using one sixteenth brass rod, low fuming bronze, and I wanted. I was trying to braze them into that center cup. And with the torch, it just was getting so hot because it's all collecting in that cup essentially. And every time I would try to put them in, it's like halfway up, it just melted yeah. off. And I'm like getting shorter and shorter. And it's like, all right, I got to start all this over again. With the one I did before we were into this TIG welding was I just used steel rod and was able to braze that in there. And the whole reason I was brazing on the steel piece is because I like. The contrast of that gold brass on the steel. So I use that a lot in an artistic way. And now with the TIG torch, that cup, it will hold a lot of the argon in there to shield it. So I can stick that tungsten way out and get down in there and just hit those pieces. And hopefully, I haven't tried it yet, but I think that it will definitely work better than having a flame down in there.
1: Yeah. brazing with TIG is awesome. So yeah, I think you'll really enjoy it
0: because I saw
1: you doing the, when I saw you working at maker's camp that night, you were working on making a coat hanger or something like a hook and yeah. you were attaching a, a plate to mount it on, but you're mm-hmm. using, you're just using Silicon bronze to braise that down into the holes. And that's a, a really common thing that people use to add like texture or like a little mm-hmm. pop of color on. on yeah,
0: stuff. exactly.
1: But it's, it's just cool. I'm glad that, that, you're still using. I definitely love watching people work with a torch that know how to work a torch. Mm. I'm not great with a torch. I'm more of a plasma guy. I like, I, I like plasma cutting and I'm afraid of acetylene blowing up in my
2: face.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not, uh, for sure. <laughs> no.
2: I can't tell you how many people said that at Maker Camp when they came up.
0: Yeah. I yeah. mean, hey, I said it before too. Weld.com videos on YouTube have been a great resource for learning a lot of the stuff, even back in the day when bob Moffat is doing a lot of the stuff watched those videos over and over just getting down different techniques and then going out and applying it and seeing firsthand like what happens when you're doing this it's a lot of practice on scrap metal and then in doing sculptural work especially organic sculptural work it doesn't have to be perfect you're trying to just go with it sometimes
1: go with the flow of the puddle uh speaking of advice i mean Weld dot com was huge for me too, like getting through school just because you can the thing I love about it is up and close. Like I can mm-hmm. see up and close what's going on, gives me a yeah. better understanding. It was a huge help. But, you know, it was also a really big inspiration. And what I try to always do with this podcast at the end is give advice and inspiration to people that are either getting into the welding community, but considering you all are more in the metal art community and blacksmithing, what kind of advice would you give people who Want to take the jump to either try sculpting with blacksmithing and a torch, or what kind of advice would you give them with art in general?
0: I'll let you take the art side. The advice, and I was giving this to a lot of people at Maker Camp, is to just get started. Don't be afraid to go out and get the things. It's pretty low barrier to entry. You need a heat source, you need something hard, and you need a hammer. Like those Uh three things, you can start moving metal and just experiment with it. I tell people if you're on a budget, go to Harbor Freight. You can get those things there for pretty low price and just start playing with it, learning how to use it, understanding why it may not be as good as other name brand or higher quality machines. And then when you're ready, you step up to those people always oh, say, oh, I can't find an anvil when they're looking for antique anvils that are hundreds of years old. They're out there. I mean, one thing in the beginning, I hear a lot of people saying is tell everybody that you are looking for an anvil and just put that out there and you can universe find them. Provides. The universe
1: provides. Yeah. I mean,
0: provides. obviously sometimes you'll come across them on Facebook marketplace or whatever and the price really high, but just... Like I was saying, if you want to really just start today, you can buy a cheap anvil from Harbor Freight that'll just be that surface you can hit on. Learn the fundamentals. In blacksmithing, there's basically you always start with making a taper.
2: So he's saying just start. And I think my advice as an artist and an art teacher would be start small. Start with a small Metal project because you'll feel you get that sense of you've achieved a project, but you also got a taste for the material just at a smaller scale. And it's right. not like it's understanding what you can do with the metal, because if you can make just, for example, soldering together a small jewelry box with a hinge or functioning jump rings, like working with metal at a smaller scale and then being able to do things you can make that same box larger with a welder and have forged out you know i'm saying like start small if you're just start but start with a smaller project with the material and to understand it better you also feel like you've got a hang of it i wouldn't i might not say go out and buy an handful right away maybe obviously 100 bucks chase chase your dream but if you're that's my advice is start with a small project to get familiar with the material and, and then take that project to the larger scale.
0: Yeah. And definitely. And like, I'm
2: someone who does increase, I would go, I'd be like, what are you saying lady on this podcast? I'm going to make a giant sculpture for my garden, but it probably would have came out even better if you made a small little oh, mini model. Yeah. yeah so basically what I'm
0: saying. And To add on to the advice, like if you are wanting to go down the blacksmithing route, I mean, this applies with anything, repetition. The more times you do it, the better you're going to become. Even you're going to mess up a lot in the beginning. And that's all part of that learning process. And for blacksmithing specifically, like I was saying, like everything starts off as like a taper. You take a bar, whether it's round or square, you make it square move that material to a point and then you can make it round again or whatever. Do that hundreds of times. Make hooks, little S-hooks, make a hundred of them and you're going to understand and see what you need to do and it will just be a great teacher. And then my last bit of advice is watch videos on wild.com's YouTube channel because they're a great (laughs) resource.
2: And with art, whatever it is that you love that inspires you. So for me, it's the figure then I incorporate it into metal. If you like animals, incorporate it into metal. If you're just interested in getting into metal and welding, find what it is what you love. Even if you love sewing and crocheting, and somehow take that soft idea of the fabric and and turn it into metal and bend the sheet metal like with your fabric connect what you love with something else to metal so you already build a connection a relationship to start off with it so it doesn't feel as intimidating
0: yeah so just forge your own needles and crochet sticks there you go or just weld yourself a nice quilt yeah that would be a cool project to make it look like it's soft there's your cloud thing
1: that's a big one that's yeah there's the cloud Soft. Y'all wanna see heavy. this welding like cloud. This I know those... you do. <laughs> I do. I've I've really appreciated the chat and getting to know your story a lot more. It's like I got I got a, an abbreviated version out at Maker's Camp, but this was this was really cool and I'm really excited to just kind of see I think you're gonna really love TIG welding and mm-hmm. especially your advice, Priscilla, of starting small. It's even easier when you're TIG welding because yeah, small little small little welds.
0: Yeah. yeah, actually, probably after this tonight, I'm going to go out to the shop and work on a little sculpture that we've had in the works and use that TIG welder to put it together. So it's just, like I said before, repetition. The more I use that thing, the better I'm going to get. Where can people find your work? So primarily, we post most of our content on Instagram right now, and our account is t- S-M-I-T-H-E-D. Do you want to explain where that E-D came from? Because I always say it, and people are like, oh, what?
2: I just made our last name a verb. No, it is a word. If you look it up, Smith.
0: It's blacksmith.
2: It's like it's made. Yeah. It's crafted.
0: So you can find us on Instagram, PL Smith. Our website is www.tom. And you can find links to all our other stuff like YouTube and Pinterest and everything on there. So yeah, you just search PL Smith, you'll find us. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode
1: of the weld.com podcast. And thank you, Luke and Priscilla for coming on the show. I hope to make my way up to New York and hang out before next Maker Camp, but if not, I'll definitely see you up there. I also want to give a huge shout out to our sponsors Lincoln Electric and Donaldson for making the show possible and helping us all learn about the different pathways available in the welding industry. If you have a topic that you'd like me to cover or you want to be a guest on the show, reach out to me on the weld app, at bowdidit, or shoot me an email to boww Speaking of the app, did you know if you're looking to make a project, we have downloadable resources in the e-learning section that you can follow along with and even DXF files to make life easy. Download the app today and see everything it can do to take your career to the next level. Until next week, we'll see you out there.